0: a good praise this morning. Come on. Amen. How many are excited to be alive this morning? Oh, come on. That was a question. I said, how many are excited to be alive today? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Sometimes when you look at life, there are a million and one places that we could have ended up. But the fact that the Lord has anointed us and blessed us and covered us and brought us, amen, to the house of worship, to a house of prayer, amen. That's reason enough to be excited, to be thankful, and to be grateful. I often tell people, if you roll past a hospital, you're blessed. Matter of fact, if you roll past a cemetery, you're blessed, amen. If you woke up this morning and you knew who you were, were able to put your own clothes on, that's an indicator that God has blessed you. And sometimes we overlook the small things in life because... We may not have all the money that we want, may not drive the car we want, may not live in the house we want, things may not be the way we want them on our job, but the fact that we have our right mind, that's an indicator that God's hand is on our life. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yeah, so let's give God a real good praise this morning. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Come on, open your mouth and let's give God a real good praise. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for this opportunity to stand before such a great people. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be able to share your word, to open your word, to read your word, to study your word, to know your word, and to be able to freely declare and speak your word. Father God, I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay, that you would let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, you are my strength, you are my redeemer. God, we thank you for Pastor uh, Mutar this morning. We thank you for the entire relevant church. Father, I pray that you would bless them and that you would prosper them that you would further them that you will cause this ministry to go higher that you will cause this ministry to take the nation by storm Father I pray now that everything that tries to hinder them everything that tries to stop them everything that will try to delay them Father I decree what your word says in Isaiah that no weapons formed against them shall prosper and every tongue that rise against them in judgment that they shall condemn it God bless their family bless their home God even the people that's even in these seats today God you know what all of us need you know what all of us want, God, and I pray, Father, that you meet every single need under the sound of my voice, and we'll give you all the glory, we'll give you all the credit, and we'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. We're so grateful and thankful to be here. Amen. If, if you can give me just a little bit more um, on on my mic, if that's possible. Um, I've been in church. Every day, oh, that's that's that sounds good. I've been in church every single day since last Sunday, and um, and so when 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 Pastor Mutar asked me about coming, I was looking at the calendar. I said, oh boy, um, you know, physically, I want to let you know I'm beat, tired. I'm beat, but I've been in church, but I've been enjoying um, what we've been doing this last week. Um, I have not had one single day of rest with more than three or four hours of sleep. But, you know, when you love what you do, you don't, you don't mind getting tired. Because, you know, one day soon the Lord gonna let you get a vacation and let you get a little rest. Amen. But that day is not today. We came to work this morning. But I'm so glad to be here. Amen. So glad to see all your faces. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you. Amen. I am so, so proud of my brother today. Amen. I call him not just a friend, but call him my brother. haven't seen him. And it's going to sound like a little crazy. I don't think we've seen each other in the last couple of years. Amen. And we're only like 15 minutes away from each other, but still haven't seen each other in the last couple of years. And to his lovely wife, amen. I don't, I don't know what you all call her here, but if I was at home, we'd call her the first lady of the church. Amen. But we thank God for Lady Christine this morning as well. Can we give her a great God bless you? Amen. Man, She is a great person. When I first met them, there was an instant connection several, several, several years ago. Amen. And, and I saw y'all two walk in and y'all names slipped my mind. I haven't seen y'all in probably about three or four years, but it's so good to see you two as well. Amen. I'm just glad to be here. Are you glad to be here? Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to start off. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Oh, come on, look at your neighbor and just say, neighbor. God has a plan for you. Amen. I believe that this morning, as the worship songs were going forth, I said, man, this is just so, so, so timely because um, for the last several, several t- weeks and several months, I believe, I've had some strange experiences waking up out of my sleep. And, and the most recent one was just probably about three or four weeks ago where uh, I woke up on the side of my bed in the posture of prayer. And, um, and that's happened to me at least three or four times this year uh, that I can remember that I would wake up and I would literally be on my on my knees and with my hands like this at my bed. And and I was riding to work a few Fridays ago and I believe that's what the Lord whispered to my spirit. He said, It's time for you to pray again. It's time for you to lead the people into prayer because Amen. Yeah. Because it's time to for people to to wake up in their spirit. I mean, God wants to come alive in all of us. He wants to live freely in all of us. And sometimes the best way to allow God that free space is through the ministry of prayer. And so I took my church into a, into a series of 6 a.m. prayers um, for the last couple of weeks. And God has been doing some awesome things just through that because we get to a point where sometimes we just give up. We get to a point where we get tired. We get tired of waiting. We get tired of, of our circumstance and what we're going through. And sometimes the only way to get people to go through it, because, you know, faith doesn't always just pull you out of it, but faith helps you to walk through it. Amen. I believe that's what David said in Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Sometimes God doesn't just pull us out of the valley right away, but he gives us the strength, the courage and the boldness to go through it. I may have a hard supervisor, but I'm not going to go to work, and I'm not going to fall out. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to just go through it. Amen. You may be having trouble in your finances. I'm not going to give up and walk away from my home. I'm going to just go through it. And sometimes we got to learn how to just go through some things. Amen. You're not in it to stay, but sometimes you just got to go through it to get to where God wants you to get. Amen. So I started a series this month, um, and I'm going to try not to. Be up here a long time, but I started a series this month in August uh, called "Don't Settle," um, out of Zechariah the first chapter, um, and our foundational verse will be verse number uh, 17. And I'm I'm gonna be honest, uh, this you know is a challenge because I really had to to sit down when when um, Sister Rhonda emailed me and sent me all of my stipulations and obligations and things to be governed by, I said, this is kind of challenging for me because, you know, I'm a spontaneous type of preacher, and so I had to really sit down and think about, okay, Lord, what will you have me to say? What will you, points will you have me to touch on, amen, so I can I can, um, I can follow suit while I go, amen. I don't want to, you know, be a disturbance or a disruptor, so I want to just, you know, do what they're asking me to do and and, and do it good, and maybe they'll let me come back. But um, uh, so I, I have one foundational scripture, but we're going to look at a few things in this first chapter of Zechariah, and then um, we're going to look at a, a story in Numbers, the 22nd chapter, and and we're going to just do an overview of that story. But um, I want to talk from the subject to us this morning called Don't Settle. So if we can read Zechariah 1 and 17 together, I think I can see back there— um, yeah, it says, "Cry out again." Thus said the Lord of Hosts: My cities shall again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion, and again choose Jerusalem. Amen. So, I, for the last, honestly, for the last three or four years, I've been preaching every Sunday from this one particular verse of Scripture. This is like my foundational point. I built. Um, I'm building the ministry from this point because as people are coming in, I'm noticing that. A lot of people are coming in from some very bad past. They're coming in from some very hard past. And so this scripture really relates to that because it is um, the prophet Zechariah who was speaking to a people that had just come out of captivity. Um, the book of Jeremiah speaks to that captivity that they would be slaves in Babylon for 70 years. And after that period would end that God was going to bless them again and and so there's a people coming in the church that have, that that's coming out of some form of captivity some form of bondage some form of hardship some form of trouble and so it is the purpose of the church Amen. If the church is to be to remain relevant. Amen. It is the purpose of the church to speak life into a people that let them know that God still has greater things in store for them. And I want to encourage you this morning that no matter what your past is, no matter what you have come from, no matter what you have come out of, no matter what you have dealt with, none of in your past can hinder what God has in your future. Amen, somebody. Nothing in my past means nothing to God. I believe the Bible says somewhere in the book of Psalms that he forgets our sins as far as the east is from the west. God is not up in heaven holding a tally of every mistake you made, of every time you said something wrong, or every time you did. God has more important things to do than worry about what you used to do. And that's the, that's the condemnation that, that some churches give us is that they hold our past over our head. And, and that's the condemnation of some of your friendships. People hold their, your past. Or they can never forget what you, they always, I remember when you used to. Well, forget about what I used to do and where I used to be. Let's focus on where we're going now. Amen, somebody. Amen. So, so this this, this, scripture, this scripture really gets the, the mind and the mentality of the people to, to focus on what's to come. And not that you just get so caught up on the future, but at this particular, uh, in this particular chapter, the church was in a downtrodden state. They were crushed. The, their spirits were crushed. Their spirits were down, and God was not happy about it. He, he was not happy that his people were not living and were not flourishing like he designed for them to live. Amen. Somebody, you got to believe this morning that God really intends for you to prosper. In every area of your life, spiritually, naturally, economically, in your health, every area of your life, God intends for you to prosper. Amen. So and one of the ways that I've been teaching my church to to help us get to this point is that I've been quoting the scripture that that the Bible says that the just shall live by their faith. That we walk by faith and we don't walk by sight. Why? Because sight has limitations on it doesn't matter how good you can see. doesn't matter how bad you can see. Sight has limitations on it. I don't care if you got 20-20 vision. When you go outside these doors, you're still only going to be able to see so far down the road, right? Yeah. You're still going to be able to see so far in either one of your peripherals. There, sight will always have limitations on it. But one thing about faith is faith has no limitations. Yeah. Y'all believe that? Yeah. That with faith in God, there, there are no limitations. So what do you mean? So if I'm sick in my body, um, there's no sickness that I can't believe God for healing for, right? If I need a job, there's no job I can't believe God to bless me with. And see, I, I grew up as a kid that I, I had my mother said I had the mentality that I never took no for an answer. So anything I wanted, I didn't care about asking for it. I didn't care. I remember there was a season when my father wasn't even working and there was really no money coming in the house, but I didn't care nothing about that. I saw something that I wanted, and I didn't have a problem asking for it. I didn't believe that there was anything that my father would not give me. I didn't believe that there was anything that my father would not do for me. And so that's how I look at God. I don't care what people say I can't have. I don't care what people think I shouldn't have. There is nothing that I don't believe that God wouldn't do for me or open up for me. Amen, somebody. And so you got to get to a point in your life where you believe that, that there's nothing that God will not do for you. And so... As we, as we go forward in this, in this lesson today, so Zachariah is given the mandate that he has to preach a word that is going to literally motivate people again. And if there's ever a time where, where, where we have to get people motivated, I believe that time is now. Because there's so many distractions. You look at the news, there's distractions. You look at, you go to school, there's distractions. You go to work. Everywhere you turn, there's some level of distraction and people are are, are caught up in everything else. But Zechariah, his ministry was to call the people back in to the purpose of God. So if you look at the example... And and don't get upset with me. There's scriptures that I didn't tell you that's going to come up in my spirit. And I'm going to try to call where they are. So if you look at, at Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29 prophesies in verse number 11. It says, For I know the thoughts and the plans that I think toward you, says the God, their thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Now, here's the contrast in that. He would... God was telling Jeremiah that there's an expected end, but in the midst of that, but he's saying, but but now they're going to go into a hard place. But one thing that I love about God, that even though he sees that we're about to go into a rough patch, he didn't stop there. He already planned our way out of it before we got in it. So wherever you are, I want you to know that God has already planned your exit before before you even got to the problem. He's already planned your your next level, your open door before you even got to the circumstance. So in Exodus, ooh, excuse me, in Exodus, remember when they came out of Egypt and they got to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was what? Behind them. And so the the Israelites, they started panicking. They said, Lord, you brought us out of Egypt just to bring us to this place and you're going to allow the Egyptians to come in and kill us? And, and that's when Moses stepped up and parted the Red Sea and God opened up a way. But don't you think that God already had that sea parting ready for them before they even got there? Yeah. Yeah. I want you to know this morning that God is going to open up some stuff for you this week. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to speak prophetically and spiritually over your life, that God is going to open up some stuff for you this week. Amen. Who needs God to open up something for him? Just I want to see your hand. Just want to. See, I just want you to believe that this week that God is going to open up some stuff for you this week. So as we go, um, as we go back into Zechariah, I want to. I want to make this point here, that your life was meant for more from God. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that one down. That my life was meant for more. We're going to start there. Our life was meant. For more. And I don't want us just to think about, about materialistic things, but I want us to think about spiritual things. Yeah. I want us to think about internal things like your joy, your peace of mind, your, your resting and, and just being at peace in yourself, in your spirit. Your life was meant for more. A lot of us, a lot of us spend a lot of time stressing and worrying about stuff that's going to fade away. Yeah, a lot of us spend time worrying about stuff that's, that's only temporal, but when I say that your life was meant for more, I'm talking about your life was meant to bring God more glory. Yeah. When people look at you, they should say, you know what, it's something different about that sister there. She, she, does, she does, it's just something glowing about her. You know what I mean? Your life was meant for more, so I want to pause there and say your life was meant for more. And so how do I get to the point where I understand that God has more for me? I, you have to start tuning out everything that's negative. You got to start closing your ears to all the doubt, and not just around people, but in yourself. Sometimes there's a saying that says that your greatest enemy is you. Sometimes we, we are harder on ourselves than God will ever think to be hard on us. We blame ourselves for stuff, but not to go too far into that. Understand today that you got to forget the things that are behind you. So Paul tells the Philippian church, excuse me again, I know that wasn't on the on thing. But Paul tells the Philippian church in in chapter number uh, three, I believe, he says that I press toward the mark of a prize of a high calling. Why did he say that? Because in the verse previous, he's saying, I got to forget those things which are behind me. And so what Paul was telling the Philippian church is that God has more for me up the road, but I'll never get to what's up the road if I keep focusing on what's behind me. So understand today that your life was meant for more. And to get to more, you got to forget the past. And so here in Zechariah, Zechariah was preaching to the people, let's forget the past. Let's forget about our, our past sins, our past mistakes. Because God is going to yet overflow our city. See, what had happened was when they got carried off into Babylonian captivity, their city got destroyed. Their temples got destroyed. Their houses got destroyed. Their families got separated. So can you imagine, can you imagine if now, if something, God forbid, was to just to happen and, and, and some, some outside nation was just to come right here in Niles, Michigan and, 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 and just scatter all of us? Husbands and wives scattered from each other. Y'all saw a little baby Jeremiah running and they snatch him. Imagine how pastor and his wife would feel if the baby got snatched. So this is a type of turmoil that they were under. This was a type of turmoil that they had to deal with. But the only antidote, the only remedy to that type of hardship was the word of God. And that word was to promise them that I know it's been destroyed. I know things have gotten bad. But I'm going to fix all of this. That's what God is saying. He will say, I'm going to fix all of this. And so in the verses under, he, uh, he, he gives Zechariah a vision of, of four horns, and he gives him a vision of four carpenters. The four carpenters in that same chapter, of Zechariah 1, they came to fix all the mess. Can I prophesy to you this morning that there's some help coming to your life that's going to help you fix some stuff that's broken? Okay, I I wish I had somebody to believe that. There's some help coming to you that's going to help you fix what has been broken. There's some people coming to you that's going to help you get to where you're trying to get. And I believe two of those people are, are your leaders this morning that have come to create a ministry, to build a house where you can come and receive restoration, where you come and receive hope, where you can come and get some peace of mind. Amen. There is some help coming to your life. Do you believe it? So, let me see where I want to go next. So, let's look at this example. So, understanding our life was meant for more, that's point number one. Point number two is I can't be stopped. So, in Numbers, I love the story in Numbers 22 and 23, because here's the same children of Israel on their way, headed somewhere. How many believe that you're headed somewhere good? So they were headed to promise. They were headed to the promised place of God. And as they were on their journey to this place of promise, there's a king by the name of, um, I'm gonna get his name right because I get their name so similar. There was a king by the name of Balak. Mm -hmm. Pastor Mutar. there was a king by the name of Balak that had a whole lot of money, had a whole lot of influence, had a whole lot of power. Now, this king could have helped them, but what this king was out to do was to stop them. He was out to hinder them. And and isn't it funny? Sometimes when you are, have made the choice to follow after God, when you made the choice, I'm going to start going to church. You made the choice, I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start going to Bible study. I'm going to start praying more. You know what? And you make the choice that when I come to church, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to clap my hands, and I'm going to get involved in the service. It's right when you make the choice to follow God that the devil steps in to stop you. And so don't get discouraged when, when stuff starts happening against you. See, when you're on the devil's team, he ain't going to bother you. When you're doing what he wants you to do, he's not going to stop you. He's not going to say nothing to you. He ain't going to, matter of fact, he's going to make you think everything is good. But a direct indicator that you made a different choice and the right choice is when he starts trying to pull on you. So don't get discouraged because the devil pulling on you, he's bothering you, he's stirring up stuff in your house. He's supposed to do that. That's his job. That's his job. It's your job to not stop following God. Right? You let God deal with your devils and your problems. You just keep following God. So the children of Israel were on their way to get to where God wanted them to get. And this king looked out over the mountain, over the city, and said, I've got to stop those people. Don't you know there's some people looking out over now trying to figure out how they can stop relevant church? But you got to know today that we are unstoppable. Before we even get to the end of the story, you got to know that we are unstoppable. So, so yeah, that's a good place to praise them, knowing that you are so number one, I'm meant for more. Number two, I can't be stopped. That's our, point for, our second point for the day. I cannot be stopped. Now, I got to move on because I'm about to run out of time, I believe. And so in here, so the King Balak, he looked over these people. He said, they're too great. They're too big. They're too mighty. But these were the same children of Israel that a few chapters earlier when Moses told them to go spy out the land of Canaan to see how good it is. These were the same people came back talking about, we can't do it. We can't take it. You know, sometimes other people can see your greatness before you can see it. I can look at you and I can see all your potential. And sometimes you get up in the morning, look at look at yourself in the mirror, and feel like you know what? I'm just nothing. I'm just I ain't cute enough. I ain't I'm, I'm too this. I'm too that. But but the same king looked at the same people that said they they were too small that they couldn't do it, and looked at them and said they were too great. Let me tell you something. You can't put yourself down. And if you are putting yourself down, let this be the last day that you pull yourself down, okay? So what he did was he went and got a prophet. The king went and got a prophet by the name of Balaam. Went and got this prophet and said, come, come, here. come here, prophet, I need, you to, I need you to curse these people. I need you to stop them. Because if, the, if, the, if these people keep coming here, because see, what had happened was he had heard about their reputation. See, Israel, they was the real mafia. <laughs> they was going in and they was taking what belonged to them. They, they didn't care. If, if God said, go in there and you take all these people out, they went in there and took them out. And so Balaam got a little scared. He said, Man, they, they finna come in here and take my property. They finna come in here and take my land. And so he said, what I need you to do, Balaam, I need you to, to to prophesy against them. I need you to curse them. He offered the king, he the king offered the prophet all kind of stuff. Took them all into mountains and all kind of stuff. Showed them stuff, trying to get him to curse God's people. But every time he went up and made a sacrifice, the report came back. It says, I can't curse these people. God was telling me, don't you talk. See, this is a story where you ever heard anybody talk about how God spoke through a donkey? This is that story. So when they was going up and and and, and Balaam was riding on the donkey and, and got mad because the donkey stopped and he hit it. And the donkey went to, got to talking. <laughs> he got to talking. So to, to end it, so what he says was, at the, the last time, the last straw, when he went up again, he came back and he told the king, he said, listen. He said, the Lord stopped me on my journey and put a word in my mouth. As a matter of fact, if I paraphrase, that he even spoke through a donkey. He said, these people are too blessed to be cursed. And relevant, can I tell you today that you're too blessed to be cursed? I wish, I wish somebody would really, really believe that this morning, that you are too blessed to be cursed. Amen. You're too powerful to be stopped. You're too anointed to be denied. So he says, King, he said, listen there. Because this ain't the first time God told him that he couldn't curse the people. He said, look, God, God is not like a man that he should need to lie. He's not like the son of man. He should have to repent or take something back or apologize for what he said. Meaning, everything he speaks, he's gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Everything he says, he's gonna do. Every promise he makes, he's gonna make good on it. Yeah. He's not like us humans that we we'll say one thing and do another. Said so God ain't like that. God has already put a commandment over these people to be blessed, and I can't do nothing about that. That's what the prophet had to tell. Him. I can't I can't do nothing with this brother right here because he's so blessed. I can't I can't do nothing to him. I can't say nothing bad about him. And God hand is on his life. Can you lift it up and say lift your hand and say God's hand is over me. Come on, lift your hand and just say God hand is over me. Yeah. See, that's a declaration that you got to make the rest of this week, that God hand is on your life. And no matter what you are facing and no matter what you're going through, nothing can stop the hand of God that's over you. So where does don't settle come in at? Because when we get back to Zechariah, the people that gave up, they just gave up. Christine, they, they was done. They were like, saying, you know what? Forget this. The hardest thing about a Christian walk, and even beyond a Christian walk, the hardest thing about any process is a waiting period. Yeah, when you're waiting for stuff to turn around. Yeah, you're just waiting on folks to do what they said they're going to do, just waiting on God to, to heal like he said he would heal. I'm just, that's the hardest part. And so point number three is don't give up and don't settle. That's where that title came from, don't settle. Because they had gotten comfortable with not having what God really said was theirs. And how many of you here this morning have gotten comfortable just say, you know what, I don't care about going back to school. I'm okay where I am. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't like my job, but I'm, I'm tired of filling out job applications. I don't, I don't like the condition of my health, but I, I'm tired of working out. I'm tired of exercising. I'm tired of eating right now. I'm just, I just, I just don't care no more. And that's what happened here in Zechariah 1 and 17. They had just got to a point where they say, you know, you yeah, nope y'all can have that God stuff I'm through with it y'all can have that that Bible stuff that worship stuff it ain't working fast enough for me but David makes a very powerful statement in Psalms 27 I believe verse number 13 where he says I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord In other words, he said, man, what would have happened to me if I didn't believe to see something good? And I want to say to you uh, this morning that that you can't give up. Why? Because my life, number one, was meant for more. And number two, I'm unstoppable. And number three, I just can't settle. Let me tell you, you will never be comfortable reaching halfway to where you're supposed to get. Because there's something that God already put in you that got to get all the way to 100. And so even if you stop at 99, that's not close enough. So wherever you are on your walk with God, I came by here to tell you just to keep pushing. Keep walking. Keep worshiping. As a matter of fact, I want to encourage you to turn it up a little bit. When in the worship service, just forget about who's around you. Just get lost. Just get lost in God and just lift your hands and, and jump up and down, dance, run, whatever. Whatever to forget about the past. Because number one, you can't be, number one... You were meant for more. Number two, you can't be stopped. So Zachariah had to preach. He had to preach that message. That cry yet, That thus said the Lord of hosts, my cities will again overflow with prosperity. Meaning that what you see now is not the end result. But there's something better coming. There's something greater coming. There's something bigger coming. There's something more coming for you. So what I want to do, I want to challenge you a little bit. Maybe a little different, maybe a little out of the norm. But just for the next couple of minutes, just right where you're sitting, I just want you to shut your eyes and just begin to talk to God in a form of worship. I know it may be a little hard, it may be a little uncomfortable, but just, just, just try. Just try to talk to God. Father, I thank you. Come on, say it. Father, I thank you. I thank you that my life was meant for more. I thank you that you won't let me be stopped. Come on, try to say it. Try to say it. Just try to say it a little bit. I I thank you that you won't let me be stopped. I thank you that you won't let me give up. I thank you that you're speaking to me even now, encouraging me to keep pushing encouraging me to keep striving, encouraging me to keep going. So, Father, I pray even as we sit here and worship that everyone under the sound of my voice that had thought about giving up, that had thought about walking away, that had thought about throwing in the towel. Father, sometimes we do get tired. Sometimes we do get weary. Sometimes we do get exhausted and tired and frustrated. But, God, I'm praying this morning that you speak a word of peace over your people. Speak a word of encouragement to every heart, to every mind, and to every soul. Father God, don't let us settle, but let us keep marching. Let us keep going. Let us keep pushing to greater things in life. Father, you have spoken to us that no matter who comes on the scene, that nobody can curse us, nobody can stop us, nobody can hinder us. So God, anoint us to keep going in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, stir something up in this church that cannot be refused. Stir a power up in this building, in these people, that wherever they go, people will know that there is a God in the name. I rebuke the demon of discouragement and worry this morning. Lord, lift the heaviness off your people today. People are trying to figure things out. But God, let them know that you've already worked it out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, I want you to clap your hands and give the Lord praise. Oh, come on, do better than that. Come on, clap your hands and give them glory. Come on, give them glory this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah.